Hi, everybody, and welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Corinne. I'm James. I'm Justin. And I'm Cleo. And on this, our final episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about The End. We're going to be talking about... The Dark Knight Returns, written and drawn by Frank Miller. Passage, developed by Jason Rohr. And Labyrinth, directed by Jim Henson. So for this, we're going to be doing our normal uh, topic episode stuff. We're going to be talking about the end and how it fits into the three pieces of media that we engaged with for this topic. Uh, And then we're probably going to have some stuff to say about the podcast as a whole before we wrap everything up for good. Yeah, so this was, I I think that this was an interesting topic. It was certainly a good one to go out on thematically, but uh, I, I think that one of the things that I was really happy with as far as like our, our media choices uh, was that we had three very different kinds of endings, right? Um, so we've got the dark Knight returns, which is, which is a lot of things. It's, we picked it's, it as our retirement storyline. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I think the most interesting thing to me about dark Knight returns with respect to endings is that it is an ending, but it's also even like internal to its own story. It is not right. It is, I, for the sake of saying it, spoilers for Dark Knight Returns, Passage, and Labyrinth abound. So, heads up. Um, it's like it's an ending, but then not really because he fakes his death, and then just like is still doing stuff, but like from the background. So it's a little bit of a cop out ending, like in that case. Which I end up thinking is like really interesting because within the context of like Batman comics, obviously Batman comics did not just end in the late 80s. It, it is an ending that was immediately followed by uh, year one. It was like a, a weird just like ending in the middle of everything. It's, it's a very kind of strange comics-y like non-final ending. Um, but it is, you know, about gradually it not gradually going into retirement but you know someone who kind of goes out for those one last hurrah and that's going to be the end of his like active crime fighting career um and then passage is also interesting because it's as much about beginnings as endings arguably because you play through the entire life of a person throughout it i mean the the end thereof is very significant and i think moving but um it really kind of puts that ending in the context of an entire life as opposed to just thinking about endings. Uh, and then just sort of the notion of childhood's ending uh, in something like like Labyrinth where it is that sort of notion of moving from childhood into adulthood. And I think that the thing that I really like about all of these things that that we brought together for this is that while all of them are about endings, they're also all explicitly about beginnings. None of these are just like, and then something was over and done and that's it it's it's all about how sort of the passage of one thing leads into the beginning of another or in the case of passage um where you get the whole thing and it's not just about the ending it's also about all of the things that make that ending significant you know it's about beginning a life it's about you know finding someone to spend that life with or choosing not to it's about you know all the other accomplishments that you have leading up to that end um which I think is a really interesting thing because I it, personally, I think that without those other things and without that sort of tied notion of beginning, whether it is one thing ends so the next can begin or it is just here is the beginning so that you can appreciate the ending. Uh, I think that that's the kind of thing that really makes any bit of media about an ending really meaningful. 
Um, I don't. I, I can't think of anything else that is about sort of a, an ending or a death, etc., that feels as meaningful without that context of whatever comes after or what came before. I don't know, but I think it'd be pretty interesting to write. Uh, let's let's go with a comic where every single arc was just about the end of things. The the end of like an entire anthology of endings about a single like character. So like the Dark Knight Returns times twenty. Yes, the Dark Knight Returns. But if the Dark Knight Returns, uh, what if twenty iterations of the Dark Knight Returns was the only thing we knew about Batman? Oh my God, what's it called? Um, hang on, give me a minute. Okay, Day Tripper by uh, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba is uh, it's it it is actually the thing that was most striking about it is it's about oh no, it's ten issues, not not twenty. Um, it just each each story is the uh, there might even be twenty different endings, but um, each story is just the the last the last day in this guy's life. And it's each story is just a different way that, that he could die. Um, but the big thing is that each of those stories are still like chronologically together. So when you get a story about his death, God, why didn't I think of this for the comic? This is so much better than Dark Knight Returns. Jesus. <laughs> well, I can't believe I didn't think of this in the moment. Oh, I'm so disappointed with myself. Here I am. You're just like, oh, I think we picked three good things. And no, just objectively. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I guess we're wow. not done with the podcast yet. We got a what a low note to go out on. Yeah, we got to retroactively go back and redo that episode. Now this is all I'm going to fucking think about. Damn it! Oh man! So, all right, so I'll deal with just kind of the self doubt and disappointment later. But so each 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 story is the last day in the protagonist's life. Um, but the big thing is that. Whenever you see a story from later in his life, all of those previous stories also happened, just he didn't die for some reason. Um, so light spoilers for, for Day Tripper. I'll, I'll talk about just like one of the things. Uh, in one of the stories, he's a kid flying a kite and it gets caught in uh, some electric wires and he dies. Um, in all of the stories that where he dies after that, he still went out and like flew the kite that day. It just didn't get caught in the electrical wires. And there's always something, something like that. So you, you still learn about the background to his life by, by reading about the other ways that he, that he died because you know that that just happened. He just didn't die during them. Um, it, it would have been, it would have been so good. I mean, it's just conceptually, it's a really interesting sort of like multiverse thing where like, here you see option A. Okay, now option B happened instead, and here's more, and then option A and B, and it's... But the best thing about it is it doesn't get into any of that garbage. It's it's not, like, multiverse bullshit. It's not, like, sci-fi. It's just about, like, the life and relationships of one guy and just the fragility of life. It's it, it's not... Like, that... It, it so easily could have been. Oh, yeah, if it was it, it's not. actually, like... It's just, like like hard sci-fi i think i would be way less interested in the concept it's just sort of like on a meta level being an example of that was like interesting to me yeah but like but that's the thing that is great about it right is it uses that conceit it, it's very it it's not even quite like magical realism because the stories themselves are, are really, there might be a couple that are anyway um but no it's 
I don't know. It's really good. I, it's also, it's gorgeous. Um, if anyone's not, uh, familiar with, um, uh, Moon and Ba's work just in general, they've done uh, a handful of other things, but it, like the art is gorgeous. It's, it really is, you know, it really is a treasure, which is <laughs> the worst part about all this. Cause the Dark Knight Returns <laughs> is very interesting and I do genuinely like talking about it, but it's really just a slog to read and pretty shitty in a lot of ways. But very interesting. It's a very interesting, you know, unit of culture. Uh, Day Tripper has none of the the conflicts. Um, it's just it's just beautiful and good. Um, okay, so. but think of it this way: if we hadn't done if we hadn't done the Dark Knight Returns and had done this instead, we would have needed to find a video game about retirement. Okay, so like <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So. So pluses Somebody, and minuses. made Retirement Simulator yet. It's a matter of time, but it hasn't happened, so... I'm sure there's a game that exists out there about retirement. Yeah. Arguably anyway. Portal. <laughs> <laughs> retirement in a sense. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yep. <laughs> well, I feel like... I feel like I've done enough damage here already. So, oh no, uh, you've you you've done nothing wrong. <laughs> that you've uncovered my shortcomings has nothing to do is is no <laughs> fault of yours. Um, yeah, but I do feel a bit gleeful about it. So I feel like there needs to be some sort of like you know responsibility on my shoulders for causing this to come into light. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, everyone should go read Day Tripper. <laughs> Day is really fucking good. Uh, just in general, go go read anything that Gabriel Ba has has written or illustrated. He did Umbrella Academy. He he did Casanova. He's he's really talented. He's super good. Uh, as is as is Fabio Moon. I I just I I, I think of Ba a lot because I like Umbrella Wait, Academy too. Umbrella and Cad- um, Umbrella. Oh my God. Sorry. Let me fix this. Um. Yeah. The the comic. I was gonna say Gerard was that Gerard Way, Way because I was recently. And by yeah. recently, I mean about five minutes ago when we started this episode, thinking about the idea of the end and the entire Black Parade album, and that if we covered music and concept albums, that would be interesting. Yeah, real talk, Black Parade would be an amazing thing to factor into this. Uh, I, I even think uh, Killjoys has a lot of interesting stuff to do with endings, especially towards the end of that. We could just do a whole ending thing just about My Chemical Romance albums, but... <laughs> Um, you, you guys might be too. But anyway, um, so it turns out there's a lot of good shit about endings, um, and, and we, we picked three things that picked I three things. Yeah, that I, I I thought were really good up until just now, and here we fucking are. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we're going out like we came in, <laughs> just a hot mess <laughs> of of bad decisions and regret oh man um, this would be a perfect time for us to also be a clips show and to just <laughs> go back to the first episode and pull in an example of us being a hot mess well you guys because i was not there yep i'm glad that we dragged you down to our level <laughs> i have been on my game 100 percent of the time on this topic yeah yeah no you've been good you you truly are the best of us <laughs> Let's, let's not well hopefully Cleo will edit it out but let's all just not remember that one instance last episode where I dropped the ball <laughs> the same episode where you said you were the best of us I think no no no, no she said that last episode last is the labyrinth <laughs> episode Justin oh, that's right yeah it was passage <laughs> uh, anyway so endings um, 
so yeah, I, 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 I've talked enough about, you know, and all I've done is really put my foot in my mouth as far as, you know, thinking that we've done a good job. So someone else say something. <laughs> what do you think about the things we picked? <laughs> so passage always just now reminds me of, um, the metagame and I, so, and just, uh, the Eric Zimmerman card game. It's, that's Eric, right? The, uh, Eric, Eric's like label, uh, local, local, number local 12. meta. Or no, yeah, level number 12. Something like that. Um, Yes, he was was like the primary. And like Passage is one of the cards in that game. And so I always think, I've always thought of it. I think that might have been, no, that wasn't the way I was introduced to it. But that came into my life shortly after I first played Passage for probably like a homework assignment. Um, And so I've always thought about it in comparison to other games because that's how the metagame works. But it's such a weird thing to compare to to other things especially dark knight returns and labyrinth <laughs> because like <laughs> it, i mean un, so labyrinth a movie that's literally about a labyrinth and then you have passage where you're kind of just like walking you're just you just walking which is literally about yeah, a straight line walk. you can go up well, and down really. a little bit but like that's it it's still a labyrinth. I mean, it's it's not a very good one, but it, it's a labyrinth. Okay. Any anything anything in which a person uh, makes forward progress could be a labyrinth with at least one wall. How many twists and turns are required for, to be labyrinthine? Labyrinthine is a hallway a bad labyrinth? Always a very ineffective <laughs> labyrinth. Um, you will never solve my labyrinth, he said from down the hall. Good Labyrinth. PT. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, what does that mean? PT, a good labyrinth that is just a hallway. <laughs> Completely throws my my uh, thesis out the window. <laughs> and again. How many other things can we reference in this episode? Let's... Uh, yeah, this is, this is the well, meta episode. there is this the great episode. Labyrinth parody episode of Fat Guy Stuck in Internet. Uh, where instead of Jareth the Goblin King, you have the Maze Master. And uh, it's really just like, oh god, the guy who plays him also is someone who is in drunk history sometimes. And he's a very excellent Jareth, like, parody person. Uh, and I highly recommend it for people who also, like, are okay with not taking Labyrinth super duper seriously and, like, seeing critiques of it. But the idea of, like, a bad maze is very prevalent in that. That should have just been our topic. Bad mazes. We do PT, <laughs> Labyrinth. This wasn't, this, okay. This wasn't supposed to be the Labyrinth episode. This is the topic. This is supposed to be the ending topic, guys. <laughs> We're talking about a different topic now and one for people who are not finishing their body of work. What were you going to say, Justin? <laughs> yeah, I think we've interrupted Justin enough. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Let's go ahead it, and let him talk. <laughs> it is unfortunately not interesting enough to warrant this, but um, I joked while we were watching Labyrinth uh, after the like worm tells uh, Sarah that she should have kept going that way. That like the a labyrinth is like the most ridiculous labyrinth would be this giant elaborately designed labyrinth where if you just pick one direction and walk straight long enough you solve it and that was that was it is the large hadron collider a labyrinth (laughs) 
Is everything a labyrinth? Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> <sighs> Alright, let's focus on right, guys. The end. Endings. Yeah, let's talk about things that end. Everything ends, right? Supposedly. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is that it's hard, like, all, all of these things are either direct examples of things, like, well, because James, you already talked about this, This a lot of this is about endings and beginnings, right? And it's, it's like, media is, is a sort of never-ending thing, right? Because all of these things can be re-experienced. It's overt in Batman where he fakes his death and then comes out of retirement to lead a small army of new Batmans, or whatever the implication is supposed to be. Uh, brief uh, additional My Chemical Romance reference. Uh, Fake Your Death, a uh, bonus track off of their uh, Greatest Hits album that was released after the band broke up. I like this. This should have been a theme. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have it in a direct sense in Batman, and then you have Passage, a game, which can be played over and over and over and over again and re-experienced. Um and then you have Labyrinth, which, like, yes, it's a it's a story with a beginning and an end, and it it is about you know the end of childhood, and it's about the things that it's about. But it's also a movie that can be constantly re-experienced, as Cleo can very clearly attest to. So, are is there such a thing as an ending in media? Let's talk about person <laughs> of interest. <laughs> Sorry, it is a, it is a relevant poll, but I'm just being facetious. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say no, there's no such thing as an ending in media, because nobody can leave anything the fuck alone anymore. That's true. So that that is certainly true, especially the modern age of the revival. Only unpopular things can end, and even they, you never know. Even Only Firefly can end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> right, at this point... Right I have all three of these, though. Passage is the only I, thing that like, legitimately is being left... I mean, it, it's its own thing, and that's it. Like, there's not going to be a Passage 2, is there? Oh my god, Justin... <laughs> Did you listen to? No, did you, you listen part of to our passage episode? I was in Sweden. I oh. was in Sweden. Okay, so here's um, the best part about no. everything you just said. No, I think I we should just live now. in the irony. I think we should just live in the irony. Yeah, but we're depriving Cleo at this point. Uh, yeah, now I don't even. Okay, so um, we had a whole discussion about passage two. Uh, we spent the last handful of minutes of our Passage episode uh, game jamming the worst Passage 2s we could. Um, and uh, I think we also, I mean, well, we certainly also talked about uh, certainly the notion of, like, Passage being left alone. The fact that I couldn't even get it to run on my computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So very much an ending for Passage. Um but yeah, no, uh, go back and listen to our Passage episode to hear all of our ideas for the worst Passage 2s we can come up with. And also some ideas for games that we thought would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just not good Passage 2s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which brings me to the thing that I really wanted to talk about when it comes to whether things can end. Hamlet 2, <laughs> one of my favorite movies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's not true. Um, however, a movie that I've referenced surprisingly often in the past couple of weeks. Um, but yeah. Biggest point, though. Nothing ends. Nothing is allowed to end. Some high school teacher is just going to come around and do a musical version featuring the hit Rock Me Sexy Jesus. Nothing can end. Nothing. Nothing can end. But so for me, the thing that really never ends are anything related to comics. Especially when you're talking about, like, anything, any major characters, like Batman. Like, 
if you present me a story about the retirement of Batman, I'm going to be like, okay, sure, but we all know Batman, Batman's not going anywhere as a character. Like, we might see one version of the story where Batman retires, or, like, you could have stories in which Batman dies, or anybody from Marvel or DC or what have you dies, and it's not going to have a huge... Well, speaking for myself, it's not going to have the emotional impact of a character in something another medium dying because the likelihood of that being like, well, you're never going to see that character again is really low. Yeah. The, the modern like Cape comic thing with continuity being the most prime importance over 50 plus years of shared universe storytelling has removed a lot of the stakes and, and made a lot of these kinds of stories sort of less interesting. Yeah. Completely agree. So, Shouldn't we then, given all this, this, uh, the, the direction this conversation has gone, shouldn't we maybe like release this episode, give it like three days, and then just delete everything, all of Read Watch Play from the internet? That would be a fantastic. Especially since I idea. just messaged our podcast <laughs> on my backstory episode. <laughs> And so I'm going to be like, and like Alex and I were saying, oh yeah, so like there's like at least two and a half years worth of episodes to listen to and then they're just all going to be gone yeah that would be really good it's gone That'd be really good it would be honestly i think we would when people leave. say the words power move <laughs> this is what they are this is what they those words should be applied to this would be a power move and i'm going to seem crazy i'm very in favor of doing this as an idea but i almost feel like we would need to leave up the f- we would need to leave this last episode as the only thing. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we should do it personally, but it would be, it would be hilarious. It would be a good, it would be a good joke. The real bummer is it's really taken the wind out of the sails for my idea to just announce at the end that I'd already done that. So, you know, I mean, you can announce at the end that you've already done that because this episode won't release for, Oh, I just stopped releasing episodes years ago. Like, none of these have actually gone out. (laughs) You just put a message in Slack that says it was released and then, like, jokes on us it hasn't. Actually, jokes on you. I have subscribed to the podcast via uh, Pocket Casts, and I do get every episode as it releases, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I have my subscription on Overcast. Yeah, I mean, every so often I post something saying, it's like, oh, I forgot to release it today to make everyone, like, think that, uh... Because if it just went correctly every time, no one would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I I thought that I would have more to say about endings, but I don't know if I I don't know if I do in the context of our of our three pieces of media. I feel like we covered them pretty well, and you know, then we sat here and we said we picked three things with three different kinds of endings, and they were interesting, and also nothing ever can end ever. I think I think this time a lot more than more so than other topics. We pick these three things that are all connected by this sort of central idea, but are themselves so different and also address that central idea in such different ways. Yeah. That it's it's hard to contrast them as directly as we have done in a lot of these other instances. One thing that I will say with regards to um, some of the differences and also just kind of the notion of whether whether things can end, I, I do think that it's part of what makes um, 
stories about things that do end in the real world, sort of like outside of media, um, as opposed to talking, as opposed to being an ending uh, unto themselves. Interesting, and it's certainly something that I think makes makes stories. Again, let's let's talk about comics. Um, that makes stories about endings in comics and makes endings in comics better or worse uh, is the extent to which the ending itself is like the hook versus whether it's like saying something about something broader with that ending. Um, so for example, uh, the notion in Dark Knight Returns of Batman retiring, it like that in and of itself wouldn't be very interesting because you know that next month there's just going to be another other Batman thing or you know, depending on when you're reading this, I don't know how many concurrent Batman series DC was running when Dark Knight Returns was going, but certainly, like, right now, there's a handful of concurrent Batman series. So you could have one where Batman's, like, lying on the ground, like, bleeding out, dying, and then literally next week pick up Detective Comics instead of Batman or pick up, like, Batman and Robin or something like that, and he's just off on some other adventure. Um so it does make it kind of weird. But one thing that I do think it does an interesting job of is in The Dark Knight Returns, it does feel like it's as much about like the age of Batman dying and the the kind of the world in which Batman was the solution as opposed to something more distributed, something kind of with – kind of younger people taking up leadership roles, something that maybe works within the system a little bit more potentially with their relationship with the new uh, police commissioner. Um, So it does feel like it has that notion of Batman as a representative of this older time and just kind of like how maybe even the better ending arc to follow is Gordon's, right? Like Gordon who does retire, who does make way for someone new. And we see all the ways that that she is almost it corrupted is the wrong word, but how she starts to resemble Gordon, but also the ways in which she remains distinct. Um, you know, silly little things like she picks up smoking again, just like Gordon did, but she smokes cigarettes, not cigars. Um, you know, those little things and sort of those changing of the guards and that it does kind of talk a lot about that and sort of this feeling of growing old and moving out of your sort of time defining society is, is an interesting one. Um, but you know, even like Cleo, you talked about like something with like Batman dying. You, know, you can look at something like final crisis, um, spoilers for final crisis. Uh, but like Batman dies at the end, except it's Grant Morrison writing it. So instead of dying, he gets thrown backwards in time and bounces around, you know, a multiverse thing, which is out there and wacky, but it gives Morrison kind of a chance to explore other things. And I think that that can make, um, that can make those comics deaths really more interesting when just right off the bat, they're like, yeah, it, the hook is not, oh man, this character died. The hook is what kind of story can we base around the notion of Batman stepping down, of Batman dying, of Batman having to confront the notion of Batman as opposed to like the human Bruce Wayne, et cetera. Which is why I think stuff like, um, like killing Wolverine, I didn't think was, very interesting because it didn't feel like it was doing anything with that. It just felt like, oh shit, Wolverine died. Can you believe it? And it's like, well, he's going to be back in here. Like we got X-23 as Wolverine out of that, which was a very, was, was very great. I, I just, but yes, you're right. But it doesn't feel like it's saying anything. 
it, it feels like y- there will always be a Dread Pirate Roberts, you know? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's like those those other stories use the death to to say something, whether it was about that character or about that world. This was like the death itself was not meaningful. It just gave us the opportunity to, to see more of a character who turned out to be interesting. Yeah. Right. It's like a consolation prize. Yeah. But so I guess that would be, that would be my, my sort of take on the like ending in a genre or in a medium that does not really allow for true endings is you need to use the ending to say something because otherwise, yeah, it doesn't really feel like it matters because someone's going to come and do Hamlet too. Someone's going to come and do a, a revival or a spiritual sequel or Blade Runner 2049 or anything like that. And those things can be good. You just, you, you can never be certain of your ending, you know, man, I can't wait till someone comes and like, does a gritty reboot of our podcast. That's going to be great. Well, you know, coming soon is the gritty reboot of reboot. Oh my God. Do you guys remember reboot? I loved reboot. No. <laughs> yeah also no <laughs> reboot is at least i remember it as like a toonami show yeah. i think it was but it was like a it was an entirely cgi animated like kids cartoon and it was took place inside a computer anyway oh hang on a minute maybe no never mind i still know <laughs> um yeah i don't know i'm just I, like this conversation about things not ending i'm just especially in the culture that we're in today like everything is either being brought back or is being done to death like i love star wars and the last jedi is a a phenomenal movie that i love very much uh and and am more forgiving of its problems than some but it's like star wars can't die now star wars was this sort of like mostly finished thing it had a very large unmanageable like extended universe and all the stuff and it just we're getting at least one star wars movie a year for the rest of our lives or until they stop making enough money to be worth it and that's terrifying yep we are all well that's interesting we are all currently watching like the slow death of the integrity of all of these things we love yes so I mean, I suppose it's like a, it's a, <laughs> to bring us back to 999, it's a ship of Theseus yes. problem. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on board. Let's. I mean, it, it really is though. Like in, in a culture where everything is, as you said, can't die or is being done to death the the real problem becomes identifying when a thing has moved so far away from its original intention or incarnation that it is no longer recognizable as as an as a, a representative of that thing right and how do we identify that i mean certainly the people creating the things cannot identify that because otherwise we wouldn't have this problem uh I, look at i mean God, I okay. I haven't watched any of the new one, and I probably will not. But the the example that jumps immediately to my mind uh, is Roseanne. Mm. Um, I, as somebody who both like loves sitcoms a ton, um, and and had like a family who did Roseanne as a show, like the original one, is surprisingly meaningful to me. It was 
it was progressive in the way that shows like that weren't outside of uh, some of Lear's stuff at the time and did a lot of a lot of interesting things. It was a very good, very good show that still holds up. And then you have this revival that does everything it can possibly do to ruin everything that was great about this original show. It's it's so distant from it. And it's 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 like it's as exact an example of this idea as I can think of at this moment. Yeah, I guess the thing that's interesting to me about specifically the Roseanne example is that this isn't like someone else coming in and doing something different with it. Like this is this is like the same person who like really in her mind sees this as not just a natural extension of the original, but the natural extension of the original, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, we also have the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's part of it, right? Like, was, like, we can we can sit here and talk about, like, all of the new Star Wars that's, like, slated to come out and what that kind of, like, means as far as, like, endings go. But, yeah, like, would you, would you apply the same thing to, uh, like, the original trilogy and then to the prequels? Um I guess especially when, like, the intent was always to go back and make those, but... I think the interesting thing there that at least feels different in comparing the two things is that the, like, for instance, in the Roseanne example, it's largely the same creative forces behind it. it like, in in a general sense, or in, in, in a general sense, I guess, but with Star Wars, you have this interesting thing where, like, George Lucas as a creative force on the original trilogy was sort of like reined in by other people who processed what he was trying to go for and made it into these, you know, these better things, which we sort of see in retrospect, having seen the prequels when Lucas was given full creative control and it sort of like went off the deep end a little bit in the opinions of most. I feel like I have less of a problem with the idea of remakes and sequels and kind of like continuing continuing to produce work that takes place within a specific universe than a lot of people. And that could be just that like I have a fear of like losing things and people that are important to me in general in life. And some of those things happen to be works of fiction or like certain media. Um, the only problem I have is when the focus becomes so heavy on specific already existing titles and franchises that there's no room for anything new. So for instance, like right now it's really hard. Like there's always a superhero movie in theaters and that's kind of become the standard for what Hollywood is like interested in doing. So I think there is less room for other types of films right now because that's dominating so much of the space. Um, I don't want them to necessarily go away. I just want there to be space for other kinds of media. Um, but I don't have an issue with the idea of there being like a million Star Wars movies within my lifetime. Um, I accept that not all of them are going to be great, but I don't have a problem with them existing. <laughs> uh, and even with something, and I, I used to not feel this way. Like, at one, there's been so many rumors throughout our lives of like, oh, they're doing a Zelda movie or they're doing a Zelda TV show or whatever, given like 
as a game, Zelda is also one of those things never going to die. That uh, classic, you know, plot and character-driven game series, The Legend of Zelda, <laughs> that is all about, you know, it's not at all appealing for its mechanics and feeling and puzzles. And it's really, it's really about all those things that are going to translate well to the screen. You know, I, I, I can't wait for that movie adaptation that every time it comes around, everyone gets excited for, and it baffles me. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, 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 I did mean to interrupt, but I, I apologize for it. I feel bad for it. <laughs> I was not possessed. Because I... <laughs> I used to get upset about the idea of that. Like, and now I'm just okay with it. Like, because who knows? Someone could do an interesting... I mean, the fact that Link is silent might actually pose a great opportunity to actually build an interesting character there. If somebody... But they won't want to <laughs> they won't but like someone could there is i a feel like chance. that's what it comes down to though is like it's not it's not that it's not that all of this it's not that making new things in the same universe is bad it's not that reimagining stories from one medium to another is bad it's that the thing that is special about it is going to get lost because these things are only created in the context of these larger entities jealously doling out bits of money to things that that slowly conform to a formula that they know works like mm-hmm. it, it's not that it's it's not that the 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 thing itself is bad it's that the uniqueness is stripped away being churned through this machine that only knows how to see things in terms of of formulas that have worked in the past and then the uniqueness is gone i uh, jokes aside I, I actually think cleo that you make you make a very good point and it's why i think that that's that's actually a, a really good way to feel about the notion of a potential zelda movie is that sort of like expect the worst but acknowledge that someone actually could do something really cool with it I would be so on board if there was genuinely a Zelda movie and all that Link did was like grunt and hya and like just rode his fucking horse around and like got lost in Hyrule Field sometimes. And oh my God, like there, I think that you're absolutely right that there's genuinely uh, a space there for someone to to do a good job with it. But I, I can't help making fun of the, it, the fact that uh, there are a lot of people who seem to think like, oh, of course there should be a Zelda movie. It's like, eh, not of course. Like uh, there's potential, absolutely, but... Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, some things, like, especially when you're going from game to any other medium, you're losing the thing that's probably the most important thing about it, which is the agency of the player um, and the interactivity. So, <laughs> again, like, Oxen, we talked about this in our Oxen Free episode. Like, Oxen Free is a great story to play out as Alex, but to see it and just consume it as a story that's being given to you is a very different experience. Um, we talked about this even about our Gone Home episode. Uh, yeah. About, like, Gone Home is a movie or, like, a book. It, it really doesn't work. And which is why I don't really intend to enjoy Gone Home fanfiction, I think, because it just loses something there. Um, but it's the idea of existing media and newness it's definitely, like, a issue that's gone on for ages. Like, even with the publication, the publishing industry, there's this idea, and, and in film and television, there's this idea of, we want something new, 
show us something we've never seen before. And then people will come in and come, ugh, sorry, people will come in with new ideas and materials and manuscripts or what have you. And then it's not familiar enough because they're still really these producers, these publishers, they say they want something, something new, but then really they just want a slight spin on what they already have. And because that's safe, they know that sells. And I think that's a really bad trap for any industry to fall into. And I think film is struggling with that. I think YA is struggling with that really hard. Um, Even just fantasy and science fiction in general is struggling with that, where some publishers are doing a better job than others of embracing more unusual concepts. Um, I mean, one of the things that was more uplifting to me recently was Black Panther, given we're getting kind of off topic now, but this idea of like things that won't end, like Labyrinth is being brought back in some capacity, I think. I mean, there's been rumors about it forever, but I think now there's actually something in motion. Um, But then there's this idea again of can Labyrinth be Labyrinth without David Bowie? I mean, that's a super hard question. I mean, like we talked in that, uh, in our Labyrinth episode about, you know, some of the other casting options, but yeah, like it, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, you know, it's not that someone else could potentially be good, but just when, when a person like that is so iconic to it, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. Uh, one thing that I did want to touch back on from something that, uh, clearly you had said earlier with kind of the notion of, um, being okay with, uh, you know, there being lots of, like, lots of Star Wars movies, and not all of them are going to be good, but that's okay. Um, I actually really do agree with that. Uh, one thing that, that I want to be, that I sort of want to distinguish between um, between the notion of things and ideas and universes, et cetera, going on and growing uh, is the fact that, for me, I'm okay with it if, like, the, the universe itself uh, continues forever. The big thing that would really bum me out is if we got kind of what we are starting to see with Marvel stuff where a lot of the movies don't feel so much like uh, stories unto themselves, but little bits to get you invested in the whole thing to make you want to see the next movie. Um, that's the big thing that for me would really be unfortunate if we lost. You know, like I I think that the actually the old like Star Wars extended universe is a really good example of something like this where mm-hmm. you have arcs, you have individual works, you have, you know, the movies themselves. And there might be a story that crosses multiple things, but uh, each story can exist by itself and can have its own beginning, middle and end. And they uh, experiencing more of them can color the way you see the other ones. But when you really do start getting into things where it's like, it feels more of like an obligation than like a, a pleasure to go and spend time in this universe. That's really the thing that I, really feels like the danger to me. But so with something like Star Wars, I think that right now some really great examples are the way that they've been handling like the the side stories. You have something like Rogue One, right? Where Rogue One gives some useful context to the events of like the original trilogy, but it's absolutely not necessary. Um, and in the same way that the original trilogy colors the events of Rogue One because you can contextualize them, it's not necessary to really 
appreciate Rogue One. You know, it really does stand alone. Um, and I think that that currently is one of the biggest successes of Star Wars. And I think it's why I'm really excited about things like uh, the announcement of like Ryan Johnson's trilogy that's separate from like the Skywalker stories. And that that trilogy of movies can have its own set of beginnings, middles, and ends, you know, one per movie and then one for the trilogy as a whole that can color the rest of the universe but isn't like dependent upon it. And that that trilogy can have its end and those characters can have their end. Um, it, that's something that I, I really hope that as we do sort of move forward. And I think that we're going to see – this is going to get – I'm going to use the word worse – loosely here but this is going to get worse before it gets better i guess it's going to get more intense before it dials back this notion of everything is a universe i mean hell like universal can't even make monster movies without making them all a universe you know Mm -hmm. it that would be my big thing i think we're going to see more and more of these and i really hope that the trend is towards it's a place where things can color your views on each other and not something where it's just like an obligation, not something where nothing can end anymore, not something where, you know, talking about like a potential Labyrinth remake or continuation or just any sort of extension on Labyrinth that whatever that extension is can have its own beginning in the same way that it will let Labyrinth have its own ending, you know? Uh, I think Blade Runner 2049 is actually a great example of this. Uh, That's another movie that had its own beginning, middle, end. It didn't... it does some damage. I mean, damage, again, used very loosely because it's not like Blade Runner doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, it the extension of the events in Blade Runner, it certainly goes back and affects that. But I, don't know, I really hope that we see more of that as, as we see these things not really be allowed to just exist by themselves anymore. They at least can have their own their own endings and not prevent future things from having theirs. I guess the question now is... Do we have anything else that we want to say about endings generically, or do we want to start talking about our own personal endings? Not death, not us dying, I mean, like the <laughs> podcast. So we should probably, since we always do this, uh, ask the question of which universe would we rather live in? Uh, our options are interesting and very different this time. Obviously, my answer is Labyrinth, and it even if labyrinth weren't what it is to me if that makes sense i think just compared to gotham and any interpretation of passage i would still choose whatever the other option is yeah i mean labyrinth is definitely appealing i mean even beyond just sort of like the like the the creepy bits being you know something you'd have to deal with even just kind of the notion of living in let's say like the real world version of labyrinth where you are adjacent to a world where magic exists and you have like you know those those notions those embodied notions from childhood that you can go back to and call upon um it's almost like having like a like a daemon in um his dark materials right Mm -hmm. like that that actual externalized bits of your personality and sort of childhood into adulthood that you can go back and actively talk to um i mean you go through some sort of harrowing adventure to get to that point but yeah i i think i think labyrinth makes a lot of sense i mean we kind of joked about it passage is basically just real life except everything is obfuscated into a single score um though you can play it again and again and again and that's nice just walk forever 
Yeah, this this might be the the only time we've had like universal agreement. I don't know if we always have, but I I can't imagine picking something besides Labyrinth. I certainly I don't want to live in like normal DC continuity Gotham, let alone the like hellscape that Gotham has become in Dark Knight Returns or yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Um, and yeah, I mean, Passage is a game where you are an adult who walks until you die. That's 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 it. I mean, the the thing that I will say in in favor of Passage, even though I'm going to pick Labyrinth, because as I said before, at the end of Labyrinth, you get to keep you get to learn the lesson and keep the magic. It doesn't get better. Uh, the one thing I will say about Passage is that if you if you you know, it's it, it's an abstract game, and if you allow an abstract game to sort of abstractly define what a a passage ending for your life is, you get you get a a sixty year long like happy stable relationship in Passage, like you you get to meet the love of your life and live with them until you know until you both die, yeah, and. That's really not that bad of a gig. That, so, is, that is pretty great. Just walk with True. them forever. Okay, you get to travel through life with them forever, <laughs> Cleo. As I said, we were abstracting passage a little bit since it is a very abstract I game. I like the literal interpretation of walking through pixels. Mm. However, <laughs> I would pick Labyrinth because, like I said, you get to keep the magic at the end. And that's, you know... You know, there's not a lot of stories that, that let you do that. So yeah, for the first time and the last, we are in agreement with which universe we would choose. Actually, is this the first time? Have we done this before? I, I mean, I speculated that it was the first time. It may not be. I think we've probably had other times where there's been agreement. Maybe someone playing devil's advocate for something that has like a, a real running shot. But that's I think that's the thing. I think every other instance has had that thing occur. Which we kind of did just now with with Corinne's argument in favor of passage. It's fair. Well, um, I'm going to very confidently state that this is the first time this has happened, and it's going to be the last, and then that's just going to be true. And you all can uh, you all can at me if you want to, but I don't really give a shit. <laughs> and by you, I mean our listeners. Of course. I mean we will also at you about it, but that's uh, at actual midground on Twitter. So feel free, feel free, fight me. I won't fight back. I'm not a fighter. I mean, I talk a big game, but I'll just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I will I will give it if you have proof that I was wrong. Let's move on. All right. Um, <laughs> so. so since we're already kind of getting into uh, meta podcast talk. Um, yeah. How how is how is the podcast for you? Was it, did, did, we, did we podcast good? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Jesus, uh, podcast uh, podcast was good. As somebody who came into it, uh, I guess halfway through, and uh, only really experienced, well, I guess what a third of the way through at this yeah. point. How pretty, long have I been early here? on? I feel like in in general, I came on for I guess starred for what Life is Strange. Is that when I came in the ti- uh, uh, lifetime travel? Yeah, that was I believe right. your premiere my debut and then i stuck around um 
yeah, this was this was very good. I I feel like I have learned a lot. Uh, I mean, a I've learned a whole heck of a lot about audio editing, um, which is just like a, <laughs> you're laughing, but it's like a really valuable skill to have. No, it totally is. It's just it, it, like I, it, it's not even something I would have thought of, but like a hundred percent. No, like... I I have gotten, you know, I'm not like amazing, but I have I have developed a basic core skill set of audio editing that allowed me to put together this really cool like prop for an RPG that I I was running. Um, and that's that's not for nothing. Like I I really appreciate having the skill set and it's I don't think it's something that I ever would have sort of picked up on my own uh, if I hadn't you know ha- had to learn it for this. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Also, you know, when you spend your time criticizing media, you get better at criticizing media. Uh yep. I have I've I have found that I am markedly better at just evaluating media and giving like and having like a nuanced opinion on things. Um which is which is very good because I have always been a person who's very much like Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I mean it had some problems, but overall I liked it. Like that that's very much like a, a, a me kind of opinion on movies, at least before the podcast. And now I feel like I am much better at isolating things that work and that don't work and that talking and talking about them and like making arguments about things. And I just, I think I've gotten just better at that overall, which is also nice. Also, I have more things to say about myself. Also, uh, it's been really nice to have a a reason to read books recently. Um, I don't read, I read a lot of fan fiction, but I don't read a lot of like books on my own anymore um so it's been nice to have something that gets me to read books and read things that i would never pick up on my own i uh on a very similar note um this podcast in particular sort of uh rekindled my love for reading in a in a general sense and i sort of i went from like only making time to read what we covered in the podcast to like reading very very constantly and getting back into kind of the the swing of of consuming a lot of of different novels and stuff um the way that i used to back when i was in like grade school yep and would read all the time the number of books that justin goes through is frightening (laughs) um yeah i yeah last year was the first year that i really like plugged away at it and i was proud to read as many as I did and it was it was just nice to be back into that and to sort of be diving back into fiction and and dabbling in nonfiction in a way that I didn't before and it just it's all pretty much because of how much we we were reading for this at the start you've also become a faster reader yes that I, is we were we had a pretty like even reading speed like even just last year and now you are you are hands down faster than me and I'm a pretty fast reader so I am not, and have not improved. You, you probably have. have improved. I am in the same boat. Well, that's the weird thing, though, is I... Uh, the podcast didn't really increase the amount that I read, is the big thing. I like I was, I was I read a lot before we did it. It's part of why I... You know, when, when we were first talking about this podcast, it was... You know, part of the logic was I was reading a lot. I, I mean, one thing kind of for, you know, for some, you know, behind-the-curtains context... Uh, when we started this, we were all uh, very much unemployed and underemployed. Um, if if I remember right, uh, yeah, I think I think, I might, but I think that's pretty accurate. 
we certainly had a lot more time to uh it, this is how we ended up with the original notion of releasing every week that we <laughs> oh boy started with briefly yeah it was a bad idea um we got away from that right quick but um anyway wow yeah we had just we were very ambitious um but part of you know the idea was just that you know i was you know reading a lot and you're talking about it with like my girlfriend but it was you know to a certain extent i felt bad because i was just telling her about all the books that i was reading <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's not a super fun conversation to be on the other side of you know time and again especially when it's you know when it's an interesting book but when it's just like I spent time applying to jobs today and I feel bad about the fact that that's not going anywhere. So I spent the next like four hours like reading on the train and let me tell you about all of that. And yeah, it seemed just a lot less cruel to do that with a group of other people who were also reading the same stuff. <laughs> also after applying to jobs and sitting on the train. and Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, that would certainly be part of it for me was just that I it, the podcast certainly – I wouldn't say it's increased the amount that I've read, but it's certainly broadened my horizons a lot just, you know, for all of the things. Just because you do have like, you know, four different people who have, you know, similar but different tastes to you um, and just bring, putting stuff on your radar that wasn't otherwise. Yeah, we definitely settled pretty firmly into like a genre swing of things. I know we, we had sort of tried in the beginning to – to be particular about like not doing you know sort of genre stuff and speculative stuff all the time and and so i think that's sort of like where our tastes aligned is that we're all sort of into into those things but where our specific tastes differ is where we end up finding the interesting things within that whole swing that we wouldn't have have seen before it's been really gratifying I think another thing that uh, is really interesting about it, in especially in sort of diversifying the the stuff that at least I've read, is not even just in um, in like topic, but also just in it in something like quality. Just because when you're reading something just by yourself and you're like you know a third of the way through and you're just like wow this is hot garbage, you you put it down. But when you have a commitment to finish it to then like talk about it with other people. It ends up being a really interesting thing and sort of, Corinne, like what you were saying with that notion of going through something and like you get better at critiquing it by reading things that aren't really coming together all the way through and, you know, watching and playing. But we all know the specific one thing that I'm thinking about here. But, uh, you know, forcing yourself to get all the way through that, it really – and then wanting to articulate what made it bad, you really think through more than just like, oh, well, this just isn't very good. It's like, no, this is – explicitly and objectively bad for this this and this reason and it is subjectively bad for this this and this reason and you know just it it's made reading fucking armada a borderline you know constructive experience <laughs> but you know it, it is stuff like that where like i i would not have finished armada right if i were just reading it by myself and didn't have a commitment to getting through it for the podcast I would have just been like, nope, fuck this garbage after, you know, at about a third of the way through, I'd be like, this, there's no way it's still like this all the way. And then I would have hit the halfway point. I just would have like, nope, it's gone. Um, and I'm really glad I forced myself to endure that piece of shit. Because uh, I feel like I learned a lot about writing. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot about my capacity for consuming bad writing. <laughs> uh, but the the sort of flip side of that, um, the, the podcast also 
sort of taught me to identify these things because I've always very much been the kind of person who like if I start watching a movie like I'm gonna finish it and if I start reading a book I'm probably gonna finish it and it takes something would have to be very very terrible for me to want to stop like I think there there I've walked out of a movie or like stopped watching a movie in the middle once in my life it was Aeon Flux I don't recommend it to anybody yeah it's bad Um, Uh... I watched oh, that man. on a plane. But <laughs> oh, God. I, like, legitimately for the first, and I think only time so far, but last year, one of the books that I read, it was the first Night Vale book. Uh, hmm, I have never sure. listened to the podcast because I'm not a podcast person. I picked up this book because I've heard that, you know, a lot of my friends love this stuff, and I've heard that the humor would be interesting all that. And I got a third of the way through it, and I was like, I'm not connecting with this thing. And I put it down. And... It's very legitimately, like, because of the way I've fine-tuned how I sort of experience these things because of the podcast, I was able to better identify that and know that, like, I was wasting my time with that book and put it down. Cleo? I'm thinking. I'm reflecting. Um, (laughs) It's interesting because over the course of the time we've been recording this podcast, I've definitely gone from... Or I've, I've... been producing and writing a lot more media just myself um, as a game designer and as a writer. And I think having done this podcast and having to turn a critical eye towards not only stuff that like we feel meh about or just kind of actively don't like, but also like the things that we do really enjoy um, has made it easier for me to identify flaws in my own work and like try to work through them and like also to accept that like no one piece of media is is perfect and like everything is going to have an issue uh and it's just being able to i to accept that is an important part of your life both as a creator and as a consumer of media uh as far as pushing boundaries go um we we make a lot of jokes about me not liking spooky stuff and it's true that I don't like spooky stuff, but it is nice to have a reason to read and watch and play some spooky stuff every so often. Now, given, I only very occasionally played them. When it was a spooky play, I usually played a little bit and then let's play the rest of it. But I, it's definitely fun to have like a, a reason to do that, especially when it's in a context where you can then go in and play up how much you didn't want to and... It make it into a bit of a joke. It makes the whole thing feel a bit more. It, it's a fun way to push yourself out of your comfort zone when you can, I don't know, do a whole show about the fact that you're doing it, you know, under duress. <laughs> sure. <sighs> I don't know if I would have played nine 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 if it weren't for this podcast. Just be not because like oh the description of it doesn't sound like something I want to play, but just because like. We all have, like, a backlog of stuff we want to play, read, and watch uh, that's, like, three miles long. Uh, So whenever I have an excuse to push something that's on the bottom of that, or not even at the bottom, but just, like, not at the top, all the way to the top, and is often something that I wouldn't necessarily choose myself, uh, I like having that kind of, that change up. I've I've played a bunch of things that I never would have touched on my own uh, for this, and I, you know, I'm happy that I've experienced a bunch of these games. And I'm also happy that I'm happy that I I heard about like Horizon Zero Dawn and was like, man, that sounds really interesting. But like realistically I knew that I would never 
never play through that entire game on my own. And yet, because of this podcast, I had a chance to, and it was a really awesome game. Um, and so- I mean, I think you could you could probably say at this point that your once sort of pretty strict thing against really ever playing single player narrative, like it wasn't something you did. Like I feel like you've warmed to doing it more often. Well, I think that's it's hard to say that that's because of the podcast. It it is also a fact that like me and all of my friends I play games with have gotten older and just they just our schedules don't line up for playing games together the way we used to. So I have had to sort of find my own like new genre of games that isn't reliant on having other people around to play with me because I just can't I guess I don't want to put it on them, but you know, I want to say I can't depend on other people to be able to play games with me anymore, but it's not it's not that. It's just we're we're all busy adults. Yeah. It's just the reality. That's true. It's yeah, no, I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. It's a hard thing to say because there's no real way to say it that doesn't make it sound like it's other people's fault for not being free when yeah. you're free. But especially if you're imagining yourself talking to someone who has not also experienced that. But yeah, I, I think if you are someone who ever has tried to make plans with other people your age and you have gone from being a teenager to being a college student to being a young professional. Um, You have seen the difficulty in that process increase exponentially. (laughs) And yeah, no, that's absolutely, I I think that makes a ton of sense. I'm like, I'm just, just to just talk about this, I guess I, I and we're all the the my group of friends are all sort of playing Sea of Thieves right now, and Sea of Thieves is is a it's a fun game, but it's not like it's not like it's not that great. It's interesting and you know and I'm enjoying it, but it's not like the best game I've ever played. But the fact that everybody else is sort of on this sort of a at a similar level of excitement and investment for it, and we're all willing to jump in and play together, is what is making it special right now. Is that Every so often, like, my my whole gaming friend group comes around to a game that we all get really into and can play together, and that makes it really special. Previously, it was Overwatch, and then we all sort of fell out of that a little bit, and now it's Sea of Thieves, and it's it's really nice to have something that we're all going to, like, make the time to all jump in together with. Yeah. But that's that's more of a facet of real life, and I don't know if the podcast has as much influence on that. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it does get at something that that is nice about the podcast. And it's part of why we wanted to do this as a podcast as opposed to just like saying we would all like read a thing together or uh, I don't even just like sort of being in touch casually. Like there was there was absolutely an element to like, no, we are going to stick to this like every two weeks release schedule, which means we need to record like once a month. And within like a some couple week window, which means we need to like be on our shit and getting through stuff and setting aside time on a weekend and like making stuff happen. And like we've even seen like it's you know part of why we wanted to wind down. It's just been harder and harder to hit that consistently as we've all gotten busier. But it was a really nice way as you know before we all got like really like truly busier to say like well you know we're we are committed to making this plan like a month in advance. We are committed to planning out topics like two months in advance. We are committed to, you know, making these plans in the future and making them far enough ahead of time that 
that's already on your calendar and we can do this thing. And it, it was a good way to really like make uh, make sure that everyone was on board with making the effort to make that happen outside of just like, yeah, it's fun to hang out with my friends, but, oh, this work thing is happening. It's like, no, this like this becomes like a work thing that you can that you can like sort of schedule around. And, you know, we've always been, you know, understanding when someone like can't make that happen like that, that happens, we get it. But it was nice to treat it as something like that with that little bit of extra commitment, you know, like with that extra level of oomph to the scheduling process. Yeah. And I mean, but, and also the, you know, the part that you've talked about a couple of times and you talked about in the beginning there, like, having this excuse this reason to do these things with friends in a way that we didn't really have anymore having a reason to get together and to 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 talk about this stuff was just the the way that we have uh approached the whole notion of getting together has changed over time as uh yes uh, as conditions yeah. have changed but another another reason for the wind down for yeah. sure yeah so i guess this all kind of builds towards the the thing that I I sort of wanted to wanted to close with as far as you know the the retro on the podcast goes and it's that I would say going through this whole process we've we've never really like looked a lot at you know the numbers and we've you know done you know certain things with social and we've got like the plug that we put into the end of all of it but for me this whole project has always really been about the the making of it right like it was the point even from the beginning, right, was to get together and like play something together, read something together, watch something together, and then talk about that thing. And as an excuse to all like hang out in like one of our apartments and like get fucking lunch in between episode recordings, right? So for me, the the real joy to the whole thing has been in the doing, right? The you know not the making of the thing at the end. As much as I've cared about that, and as much as I completely agree with Corinne, what you said, you know, what I've learned about audio editing, etc. But it was really about that coming together and developing those those skills through the doing of the thing. Um, so I guess the big thing that I would I would want to say to anyone who has you know stuck with us for however long or anyone who is listening to this one, um, I would say if if there's one thing that I would I would ask that you think about or take away from this is to consider doing something like this of your own. It's really been uh, a really like meaningful experience for me, and not about like who we might have reached or anything like that, but just just in the doing. There was I, I wish I could remember who who said it because it's it's a good quote and it's one that I, I think about a lot. It, particularly because it seemed just so like very specific to us. But it's the if you're just doing a podcast with like like some kind of project like a podcast with your friends in your basement and no one listens to it, that's also okay. You know? There is there is merit to just the doing of the thing. And, you know, maybe none of us are ever going to be able to point back to this and put it on a resume or anything like that. But I do think that as kind of as evidenced by the whole conversation we just had and why, why I wanted to open with the question, like, how was the podcast for you? Um, as opposed to like, how do you think we did? Do you think there's anything we could have done better? Blah, blah, blah. Any of those metrics, like genuinely just saying like, what was it like to make this and get together once a month and, you know, talk about release schedules and all that kind of stuff. I I would really encourage anyone who who is here at this point to just do something like this yourself. And you don't even have to release it, but just do it for you. I think that there's there's really been a lot that I've 
I've gotten out of this experience. And I've really enjoyed hanging out with y'all, you know, once a month and interstitially in between. And just, you know, the doing of it has been this really great experience for me. So I would, I would hope that anyone who is listening at this point, uh, you know, considers something like that. Cause I, I never thought I'd fucking, you know, start a podcast when I was, you know, in college or like in high school and like listening to podcasts and shit like that. No, absolutely not. What if you need studios and shit like that? It's like, no, it's not, it's not that hard to put together. We did early episodes just off of a fucking laptop mic. Um, there were a few episodes that we did accidentally off my desktop that was recording in the corner when we thought it was recording from the mics that we had set up. But no, it was just recording from the corner oh, of the room. Games, guys. And that's fine. <laughs> that, like, that's, that's all you need, right? It, so, I don't know. I would say, I don't know. It's, it's been a really great experience for me. And I would hope that anyone else who's thinking about it or maybe didn't even think about it, uh, I don't know. Maybe you should. You should try it. It's... Just because we're winding this down doesn't mean that uh, it wasn't absolutely worth every every fucking minute coming up to this point. And I will say, if you do end up releasing something because you decide, what the hell, but a few friends want to sit down and record a thing or make a thing, let us know about it because that would be cool. Fuck yeah, we will all listen. If anyone gets in touch with us and says, we made a thing because you made a thing and you told us to make a thing, I will listen to every episode of your fucking thing. Maybe not. I like don't be fucking Nazis, but like <laughs> that's <laughs> like if no, you come back and it was like here's here's my Nazi podcast and you said you'd listen to all of it. Like no, I'm not going to listen to that. But you get what, you oh, get Jesus. what I mean. Uh, well, <laughs> um, I guess I guess this is truly the end uh, for this podcast, at least. But. I mean, you know, James was just, was just talking about how we've all really gotten a lot out of the whole experience. And I just want to let listeners out there know that this might not be the last project we do together. I mean, maybe it will be. We're, we are all very busy people, but we've all sort of talked behind the scenes about being interested in pursuing other projects um, and specifically pursuing them together. Uh, maybe not all four of us, um, maybe not, well, certainly not in this format. Um, it'll, we'll have to adjust our, our, our format and our scope and our goals based on the amount of time we have. Um, but we've kicked around some ideas together and there's more things we are interested in doing. So, you know, we are not dying and, uh, this is not the last you're going to hear of us. Uh, at least as people. And as podcasters, there could be more coming down the pipeline. So if you like us and you like what we've done so far, maybe just uh, keep your ear to the ground and see if we come out with anything after this. So on that note, I guess kind of for for the last time, I want to say, you know, thank you to Corinne, Cleo, Justin, to Caroline, who, you know, we you know, didn't die. Like she's off doing like, awesome shit in california with fucking telltale like like she left because she got like she got big um she outgrew our she little would operation, laugh but so hard if she heard you say that <laughs> i i i hope she's listening i and she's probably too busy but still um i mean like but honestly like to uh, to justin to corinne to cleo to caroline thank you for like, I don't know, it coming out to drinks that one night when I first fucking pitched this. 
uh, thank you for being here every, you know, two weeks, every month, doing all the work. Thank you for reading, for watching, for playing. Thank you for coming and talking and recording and, you know, hanging out with me all the time. And to anyone out there, thank you so much for listening.